True. <laughs> Zane got to make the grand entrance. Guess how he's he getting his nails done right now. Yeah, but yo, you'll notice on the screen we have we have our email on the screen. The reason why we put the email on the screen is because as we're growing in popularity um, and doing these interviews, when we're, we're starting to notice that every now and then some of our videos may get a dislike, which is nothing wrong with that, you know. But um, we're open to feedback. We want to hear what it is that people think that we could be doing different with the interviews right. or right. with the program, so we can continue to grow the podcast. So you know, if it's something that you dislike about the show then it's perfectly fine to leave in the comment section or to email us and let us know and i want to put that out there because i do get a lot of feedback you know we have some people that watch us on live um we have some people that um that watch like the replays we have some people that ghost watch us you know <clears throat> we get a lot of support that we always mention from um, from folks on the live of course our families watch the show um i have friends that i grew up with that i know that watch the show and they give me feedback um, yes, and his wife, they watch the show. When um, Joey, who I grew up with, um, watches the show. Diana, who I went to junior high school with, um, watches the show. Um, other people that I grew up with on my block, I know Corey watches the show. So mm -hmm. just a lot of good people that watch and give me feedback on the different topics. And that's what we want because we want the podcast to grow and we want to be able to bring people good content. That's a fact, that's a fact, that's a fact. Yo, so we stepping out of our lane for this episode right here. Um, because yo, we usually don't do the tea really or the gossip. No, we, we try to stay away from the gossip because you know everyone is always with the tidbits and the sound bites and the clickbaits and all that stuff. Yeah, I we don't really we're gonna dive in. Yeah, I think we're gonna dive in and, and kind of open up some topics about a couple things. Yeah, but so what we decided to do was actually use this episode right here to talk a little bit about just some of the recent things that we've seen in the news and give our take on it. Um, of course, relevant to what we love most, hip-hop. Entrepreneurialism, uh, so, working for yourself, knowledge of self. Yeah, so yeah, we keep and keeping with the theme. Let's kick it off right away. Talk about Master P on The Breakfast Club. Man, your Master P be on The Breakfast Club so much, it's kind of like, you ever see Vlad when Vlad used to have Lord Jamal up there every other day? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's yes, sir. what I feel like. I feel like Master P and Kurt Franklin stay on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and it's the viewership. You know how many people watch Hot, uh, Hot 97, I mean, Hot 97, listen to me, The Breakfast Club, and they always have great guests. But Pete, this nigga got fish fries, he got baking goods, he got cereal, he got sneakers. You know, and, and his, his motto is product outweighs talent. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. When you got a good product, you can put it out there and, and it's, it's, it, it speaks for itself. Man, across the board, you can take it anywhere you want to go. And P is that guy. You know, he tells you coming from New Orleans, all the things he done been through, movies, sneakers, whatever the case, he's showing and proving. Yo, you don't really need that much of an, I won't say an education. You just need a little will and desire to want to see yourself succeed. And you will do it. Yeah. It's 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 the old um the, the old adage right like you, you got work you have all the talent in the world but somebody who's willing to work hard is going to surpass that talent he right. um he has cereal he had the fish fry he has sneakers anything you can think of we have for sale it's cereal the cereal hootie hoos right they the hootie hoos hootie hoos yo listen and that and that that should tell you. Yo, the imagination is unlimited. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a culture. Our culture is a trillion dollar spending culture. 
we don't have to spend with nobody else. We can spend with ourselves mm-hmm. and still reap the reward. You know what I'm saying? Because we, yeah. we, we we just like to buy stuff. And listen, man, I'm I'm thinking about jumping in into the little fashion world myself because watching so many different designers come out out of people's closet. People are just having the desire to get t-shirt, t-shirt turn into a sweatshirt, turn into a hoodie, turn into socks, then you got hats. Before you know it, niggas got leather coats. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They 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 got they got department stores coming out of their house. And I'm and I'm a fashion I'm a kind of a fashion guy. I like I like to look clean and decent. Yo, Master, 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 Master P had uh, it, it's funny because in that interview, he was kind of he contradicted himself a little bit. He started talking about Clubhouse, and when he was talking about Clubhouse, he was talking about how Clubhouse got a billion dollar valuation, and he was saying that he prefers Cookout over Clubhouse. Now, is Cookout is Cookout another? Cookout is another app. Cookout's another. another app that's similar to the clubhouse feel and cookout had their own thing because cookout was going back and forth with there was an original app named cookout and i think the cookout that he's talking about i think got served like a cease and desist and now i think they're in the process of switching their name but he was saying that that clubhouse got that billion dollar valuation and that they got it on the back of predominantly african-americans right so i was riding with him listening to i was riding with him and I'm like, all right, I get that. You know, he was like, we support each other and we purchase each other products and we do this and do that. Right. And then Charlemagne hit him with a with a key question, which I don't think he answered wrong. Charlemagne was saying everybody talks about ownership of of things and everybody wants to be an owner. Mm-hmm. So Charlemagne said to him, he was like, well, everybody wanted to be an owner. Is it okay to do a business deal? And I guess Charlemagne was saying like, if somebody came along like Quaker Oats and wanted to buy his cereal from him. Mm-hmm. How we feel about or buy and partner with him? He was like, "There's nothing wrong with partnerships, so long as I own the majority." And to right. me, I was like, "That's it, yo. That's that's what I think entrepreneurs need to hear because I think sometimes people get so bogged down in ownership right. that they lose sight of it and don't realize that if you know, a hundred percent of zero is zero. Zero, exactly. but fifty one percent, a million dollars or whatever it is. That's right." Yo, that's five hundred and ten thousand dollars, right? And you gotta say to yourself too, who 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 are you linking up with? What advantages do I have with merging with someone? Maybe they have the marketing team, maybe they have the advertising team. You know, I have a nice brand, but how do I get it recognized? How do I get it to where a million viewers can see it? That's the reason why he's on the Breakfast Club, because you know, there's a million, two million, three million people watching it every single morning. And that's why he had all his products laid out on the table. <laughs> Your son all across the joint. <laughs> everything. He had butter, he had candy, everything. I'm like, yo, so it's got a supermarket right here, man. But so, like he says, product over talent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I, th- I guess, like, um, I don't know if they was trying to trip him up to say, like, all right, if you're saying that we need to only buy black and spin black, why are you willing to partner? With people that, that that aren't black, and then he was he was saying, I don't know how, but he switched and he was like, well, we need to have product for everybody beyond just catering to the black market. The black community. So yeah. to me, I'm like, I. He goes I, from a black community argument. Now he's universal. Which one are you? Universal or are you just for your people? You know, what I mean? he, you know what I think it is. I think he's about ownership, but I think at the end of the day, he about getting getting to that bag and getting yeah, there. Absolutely. 
And you you made a good point, Rob, because even when when you're talking about like the um the partnership, and when we talk about this with Kixie Jixie about him partnering with Baron Davis and them trying to get Reebok, Reebok. like you know everybody pissed off because they like yo his design sense, but you yo to me Master P to me is like a mentor in my head. Like when I hear Master P talk, I get motivated, and I don't look at him for his fashion. Like I I've never bought a piece of No Limit clothes. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to No Limit CD. Me? Only, only song I like, only song I like was Can You Get Huh? And I got into a fight in the club over that fucking song. Yo, some of his music, some of his film, the dude is an entrepreneur. So what he could bring to a brand like Reebok, because Reebok already got the name, Reebok already has the distribution of factories and stuff like that to make it happen. Right. That's undeniable. Like, yo, the dude is a good designer. You just need a couple of good designers to come up with some fresh ideas, maybe give Reebok a different look, maybe a different shoe, maybe a signature shoe now, because you, you know, like, got the air, um, Adidas got one, and Puma got one. Puma's coming out with a nice slew of sneakers too, man. He Shout need a Kixie Jixie, you know that, right? Huh? He need a Kixie Jixie. Yeah, he need somebody like her, man, to yeah, come in and just get a fresh, just a fresh pair of eyes, someone who was is, who is in the sneaker world, who knows what a good shoe looks like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. She she's she's on it, man. Her pop family, her family set her up, right? Yeah, he need a he need a Kixie Jixie. But to me, like yo, the takeaway, the key takeaway from that interview for me was when he said that we all talk about ownership, and ownership now is such a topic that it's become so prevalent, especially I think in um in the world of like podcasting, because everybody's seeing the deal that Charlemagne got. Everybody sees what Joe Budden is doing, and people are looking at their situation and trying to apply it to their. I want, I want that bag, son. Yeah, yeah. I, I want yeah. that deal, but not realizing that you know what, like if if somebody comes along and they make a, a deal based on where you are, you need to be receptive. You need to be receptive to. It. I learned that from Fifty Cent because in Fifty book, Fifty talked about that. Fifty actually in his book talked about how he walked Gilly into Interscope. He walked Gilly the kid into Interscope. And Gilly the Kid was stuck on a number and because Interscope didn't offer Gilly the kind of money he wanted, that Gilly didn't take the deal and ended up signing with Suave House. And Gilly, Gilly's a great podcaster, Gilly's a great personality. Hell, Gilly to me is a good rapper, but in terms of like selling records, imagine what Gilly could have possibly have done on Interscope versus Suave House if he didn't have that number stuck in his head. Exactly. And, and you know, deals, deals are meant to be broken. I'm gonna keep it. Mm -hmm. But also, you, before you sit out and, 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 and carve out a deal, even with the situation that we, we might embark on with Mike, the deal is, yo, it has to benefit all of us. And then, you know, with his his expertise and what he what he has going on, we want the viewership. But if it does if it that doesn't if he can't get us the viewership, why are we gonna do the deal? Yeah, you make a, you make a good point. At the end of the day, that's what a deal is about, right? It has to be beneficial. Deal is about one hand washes the other, both hands wash the face. If we can't keep the body clean, we can't make no money. <laughs> yeah, it's beneficial to both parties. So be beneficial. Yeah, I encourage people if they haven't had an opportunity to watch that interview. Good watch enough. that interview, like Master P. You can say whatever you want. Like I said, like his fashion sense. I'm not a fan of his fashion sense. You know, but, and I'm living. I'm living off of that quote. Product outweighs talent. Yeah, yeah. The man know what he's talking about when it comes to uh, yeah, comes to fashion. And now talking about Gilly, switching gears because we we did bring up Gilly. Funkmaster Flex was on the Million Dollar Worth of Game 
podcast and he was on with Gillian Wallow and the subject of young rappers came up and Funkmaster Flex was talking about how um, how older rappers need to be, be um, more receptive to how the industry works and learn from younger rappers and he used he used some some key examples. One thing he said is that, and I never thought of it this way. He said, back in the days, a lot of the young rappers, well, not back in the days, but you know, previously, young rappers were going to these older rappers for features because they admired them, and the old rappers were kind of pricing themselves out of the game, asking for all this money to get on a feature. With right. them. And what the young rappers did was, young rappers have established themselves and blew up their brand by way of social media with like the instagram stuff yeah. visibility of social media yeah it's youtube their soundcloud and everything and they've really taken the they took the label out the, the, game, yes, sir. out the game and what flex was basically saying was that the older rappers are using these antiquated methods that don't allow them to be successful that's what he was saying he was like yo if you dropping one album a year now it's a rap for you and he used the example, I don't know if it was, I don't think he directly said Fabulous, but Fabulous somehow name came up in the topic because they were talking about like the top, the mm -hmm. top 20 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. and he was saying, he was like, think about all the dudes that you listing and saying that these are dope rappers. He was like, yo, where's that, where's that album at? And then the other thing he did say, this is how Fabulous came up because he was like, people get mad at DJs and mad at everybody else when their albums don't take off how they supposed to take off and never take ownership that they album didn't really pop the way they thought it would pop. So I'm just, I'm wondering, like, did you see the interview and what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that older rappers need to take more um, cues from the younger rappers? Absolutely. And, and you gotta remember, this is a world, we're living in a world where the, 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 younger, the younger population, they're running shit. Look, look at what happened in GameStop, right? You gotta remember, these kids that's playing games this is the ages of 15 to 25. We have more 15 year old millionaires than we've ever had in our entire existence. Mm -hmm. The visibility of social media, whether it's IG, Facebook, uh, Clubhouse, TikTok, they're marketing themselves 24 seven. So before you used to tell a kid, well get off of the, get off of the video game. Now the video game turned to social media. Mm -hmm. So since you're an artist and you got all these studios and these guys are building studios off of their iPhone, they're in a studio 24-7. So they're making music hand over foot, then sending it out. Once it's made, they're sending it out. I made the song, I'm sending it out. I made the song, I'm sending it out. They got someone that's doing the artwork, someone that's doing the marketing, someone that's doing the advertising, and they're on it clockwork. As in the past, you got an A&R, you got this person doing this, you got a street team, someone else is doing the legwork. These kids is like, yo, I'm cutting the middleman. I can see what y'all have been doing. This is the reason why it's not working. But just like an old man, it's like, I'm stuck in my ways. I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? This is how I've been doing it. You need what I got. And that, and Flex is right, man. The older cats ran themselves in the mud by, you know, by charging these guys out of the wazoo for a feature and it's like I don't need no feature from you you're gonna charge me for that I, I respect you mm -hmm. taking half my budget asking for a hundred grand <laughs> for for 16 bars come on man you yeah. listen man you know the young the younger generation some of them some of them 
you really have to you really have to pay attention to it. Now I use my example as one. I have two daughters. One who's a pure millennial. She don't want to do shit. But then there's another one who, yo, she's so vibrant, she's so eclectic, she's a fashionista. I even asked her, you know, yo, how does look, Dave? You know what I'm saying? But I respect and 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 not that I wanna kind of mend into today's times, but I don't wanna drift off to where I'm totally out of the game too. So yo, son. <laughs> And I, 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 I look, I watch what she's wearing. I watch how she looks at me when I'm wearing. I'm like, all right, am I in, am I in or am I out? You know what I mean, let me know. Listen, you gotta stay close to the youth, man. For real, yeah. especially in this climate. The youth lead every movement, though. Like if you think about when in the summer when everything was going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's always all about the youth. Like yo. Boston yeah. had it right. Leaders of the new school. It's always going to be the youth that that usher in the um the movement the ideas, or, or, the, or, the, or the fresh thoughts yeah just taking the idea from the past and throw a little spin on it and turn it into something man yeah but it's 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 true it's like what you say like sometimes people get old so this is what bugs me out though like when people when people have done things over and over again and you have no success so you'd be like i'm gonna do more of that or i'm gonna continue to do it if you've done it over and over and you haven't had any success your music could be fire, whatever it is, right. and you can't, and it's not moving like how it once moved. That means that it's not connecting with the audience. So you have to be able to go back to the drawing board and right. do something different. But we, we, you know, we're using Funkmaster Flex was talking about this in the context of music, but this is just in general in life. In general, yeah, that's yeah, that's how, that's how I looked at it. Yep. Yeah, like you have to, you have to be able to evolve, and if you can't evolve, right. you see, like, all right, the times calls for me to now be doing this mm -hmm. and you're gonna get you're, you're done it's almost like when we were recording live right and we was like damn we can't record live no more if we had to say we ain't gonna record live no more then we wouldn't have been 50 some episodes yeah. in the show yeah like right you, and, and, getting, and getting the viewership that we were getting man yeah you have to you have to be flexible and what but happens you I mean, know what I, but you know what i think it is though technology scale out of people People don't like buttons. People don't like, how do you do that? I, and I give you, I give an example. Um, not too long ago, I wanted to buy something, you know, on the internet or whatever. And the only way I can buy it was through Bitcoin. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, you talk, yo, son, and you talking about a headache. This shit was a headache. Gotta buy BitWallet. Uh-huh, the digital wallet. The digital wallet, the conversions and Mm -hmm. When you when you when you when you when you finally get the bitcoins, you got an address. The address is these numbers and letters. Yo, it was like I said, if this is the way this is going, and folks is not gonna ever, niggas gonna be broke. Niggas gonna be buying nothing. Niggas really gonna people gonna really be going in the garden, growing their food, doing. I'm telling you, making their clothes because if this is the new way. It's gonna, it's gonna be cumbersome. And I think a lot of times with people in their older ways, they like they rather write a check and then to swipe a card. You know what I'm saying? People are still in that easy way or the convenient way and they don't wanna they don't wanna dive into technology. Well, you, make, you make a good point, because I was gonna what I was gonna say is I think that <clears throat> what happens is when you've had success doing something another way, it's almost like in the past I've had success doing this. So why do I need to change now? So right. A perfect example would be, and you know, we, we spoke to um to Father MC, 
earlier this week. When Father MC, at the height of his career, there were street teams where people were going around plastering paper all over the place. All over the place. And that was promotion. You know, you wrap your van or whatever it was, that was promotion. But now Father MC is online, him and his manager, digital flyer. You know, we're going to do a listening party virtually. And people realize, like, if you want to keep up with the times, you have to move along. And it's dangerous though, like I said, like when people have success though, it's hard for them to move out the way because they like, I won with this method before. Right. Won they, with this model. Can, they can flip it. I can flip again. I can flip mine. Yeah. You think about like, yo, you play sports, you you play sports and there's some people who regardless of whatever it is, I'm sure you play for coaches where the game plan stay the same and you be like, that game plan is not working. Not working, son. Switch it up. <laughs> not working, son. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You gotta be willing to take risks. You gotta be willing to, to see, you know, where, where it is that you may want to change. And change is hard for people, man. People, people do not love change, man. It's a difficult thing to adjust to. So, yeah. listen, I, I'm, I'm, I got my ear to the streets always. I'm always listening and watching what these kids are doing, and I'm staying abreast. I'm gonna keep it real. That's how my mom's kind of just kept around. She was like, mm -hmm. "What you doing, Rob?" She was always. My mom would come to me at parties sometimes. What you listening to? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, I like that coat. Them coat. You know what I'm saying? She was. Mm -hmm. She stayed. It wasn't what she would do, but she would stay abreast on what was going on. So if a conversation came, she can she can dive in or you know be a part of it. So yeah, when um when Jay Z's Black album came out, we used to carpool on um, the work, me and my brothers, and we used to pick my mom up at the end of the day. We played that album so much that my she mom knew that album from front to back. <laughs> And to this day, she's still be like, oh man, that's my favorite Jay-Z album. Yeah. Yeah, on another I thought that was, I thought the Funkmaster Flex interview with Gilly the Kid and Wilder, I thought it was, I thought it was a good episode that they had. And I liked it because Funkmaster Flex was honest. And he's he always was, honest. And people don't like him for that. I, I respect Flex for being honest. Yeah, he was honest. Like he didn't backpedal. He didn't try to, you know, he didn't try to manipulate or change his list. He said what it is, like, and Flex is deep rooted. I feel like in like um like pioneers of hip hop. Gilly was trying to get him to move on his placement of Karis One, and Gilly, because Gilly was like, "Yo, Karis One is not relevant now," and yada yada yada, and you Don't know, like, yo, Flex, well, Flex stuck to his guns though. He stuck to his, and he was open about his light bulb too. Yo, son, listen, man. Everything is transparent, and actually, transparent is content. Transparency mm -hmm. is content. People want to know what's deep down going on, what you got going. People want to know, and as long as you got a person's ear, fill it up, fill the cup up. Tell them, let them know, and the more they paying attention, let them know some more. And and you know what I'm saying, and then you know, it'll work out for you. I guess. Yeah, that's how flex it is. Speaking of is, everybody's eyes <laughs> recently has been on this Kim and Kanye possible divorce. I saw something online where um, Kim Kardashian was uh, sitting like, I guess in a bathing suit and she had on a pair of Yeezys. And a lot of times when I see like those pictures, rather than look at the pictures, I go straight to the comments because I know it's going to be pure comedy. You ever just scroll the comments of some of this stuff, Rob, and read the comments? Yo, sir, I'll be bugging like this. Yo, somebody in the comments like you getting a divorce, you don't have to wear those ugly ass shoes no more. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honestly, I, I never liked the news, man. Yo. I never liked them. People but I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing about this. I, I read I read a couple of excerpts 
And she and it, and it, and, it, and it said, "Yo, Kim is working out the logistics." Oh, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, let me say this: like, I'm not surprised that she working out the logistics because, yo, her and her mom are great business women. So I'm, huh. I'm sure that they got it down to a T. That's language for your ass is in trouble. Kanye's like, yo, why can't she just hurry up? Nah, nigga, she making sure every decimal, every dot, every T is crossed. Because when that check clears, nigga, you giving up that bread for the for the, all them chill for them for North and for West and whatever other kids you got. <laughs> oh, she's making sure she ain't coming out of her pocket for none of her stuff. Kanye's gonna pay for all that. I wonder though, like her, 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 um, her net worth gotta be up there with him. I mean, he, I know he, I've heard self-proclaimed him say that he's worth, I heard he said he was worth a billion dollars. I don't know if that's the case. Who knows? Maybe he is. Who knows? I don't know. Who, who am I to say? But Kim Kardashian is a hell of a businesswoman that's definitely not hurting. So I think her separation from a dude like him is not so much about money. I think it's just that she underestimated just how much mental illness or just how just how much mental illness will play a role in her relationship, nah, and I think she just got crazy. to a point where she probably like, yo, I, my hands are tied, I can't keep doing this. I got my children that I got to deal with. You going on these rants where you insult my mom? You out here getting crazy with your MAGA hat on? Or right, 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 right. It's not about family because if you insult my mom, you got to remember that's your and kid's that's big to them. That's your kid's grandmother, bitch. Yeah. But yo, that's big to them. Think about it. they on TV and all they constantly putting everybody face. Family oriented, man. Yes, sir. You yeah. Know? And I get it, man. But I tell you this, we'll get some good music out of Kanye. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I think he. Either, I think either we will or we won't. We gonna get something out of it, man. We gonna get something out of it. We gonna get either we gonna get the resurgence of that hip hop Kanye. Oh, he's going up the deep end. He's going to do a country album. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I think Kanye's time in music as as a rapper, like his content right now just doesn't appeal to me. Man, and not that I don't like gospel. It's just that the music hasn't been good. It just, and it's, it, and it's, there's nothing wrong with change. I think, you know, some things have happened in Kanye's life, as we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just reached a point where he might be a little tired of all of the bullshit he's gotten himself in. And a lot of people, I just know from my people, they run, they run the, they run the church. They mm-hmm. run, they run to religion because they think that's what's going to cleanse you. Nah, that's your thinking that's going to cleanse you. If your change, if your, if your mental capability doesn't change, nothing else changes. You can go to, to the synagogue. It ain't gonna change if you don't want to change yourself. So Kanye needs to look at himself and change the way he's, and, and just kind of stick to the script that he, that got him to where he is today. Yeah. Going off the deep end, being an artist. Now, when you call yourself an artist, that's a that's a broad stroke. Mm-hmm. Artist can mean anything, pretty much. I can tell creative. I can throw shit on the wall and put a frame around it, and it can sell for a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Because I called it art. You know what I mean? But there's also some integrity in art because you have viewers, you have people that are listening, you have people that are watching. You want to make sure you convey a proper message and the right message. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to just throw some shit up and then have a nigga scratching his head like, what the fuck? And I, and I think that's what Kanye, that's what Kanye left me with 808 heartbreaks or whatever. I'm like, what happened? Yo, 
But I will say this. I was the dropout was the shit. Like yeah. I wasn't a fan of 808 Heartbreaks, but I respect the role. Create. Like I li- I like to see creatives take a risk. But the I way he's at now, where he's at now, is it's not for me. My thing with I think um Kanye and Kim Kardashian's marriage, and again, this is all speculation in this rumor because we haven't formally heard that they're divorcing. But I think Kim is finding out what it really means to be in a relationship with somebody who has severe or profound mental illness, you know, and being in a public eye don't help it any better. Either. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then he's, he's, you know, he's true definition of bipolar, like the dude cycles. Like you could tell literally when he's manic and he's going through his mania, like he pops up in the news and he's just saying bizarre things and you get 57 tweets and, you know, right. you get a rant about his record contract and Right. It's, just, it's just stuff that I think that they prefer to probably lay low on. And honestly, I don't know if she th- if she believes that it's good for her brand. I think that... What is her brand? Well, his, his beauty. 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 Beauty's her brand. Right, right, right. This, right. this is what I'll say. She, a lot, and people may disagree. I'd be interested. Leave it in the comments after you watch this video back. Usually when people have these type of relationships, people start saying, okay, so who... You know, who elevated who? I don't know if Kanye elevated Kim Kardashian or brought her to another world that she didn't already exist. Right. Because she already existed in the hip hop space because of her um, her tape with Ray J. So it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, this is newfound woman that's new on the scene and it's that. But I I would say that she introduced him to an audience that may not necessarily have been aware of him outside of him going off on Taylor Swift. That's a fact. So, I, and, and I think that Heiko, I think that this relationship probably was more beneficial. I don't say mutu- mutually Kanye. beneficial. She got children out of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, she could get children out of it. But I think that Kanye really benefited from the visibility and probably gave him a little bit of legitimacy and a little bit of legitimacy in another world, if that makes sense. Like, he, he was already cemented in the world of hip hop. We already knew who Kanye yeah, he, was. We knew who he was in our culture, but yeah. in, a, in, a, in a broader scope. Middle America and. Middle America, maybe whatever, techie world. Whoever was following Kim ended up following Kanye as well. So he definitely, she definitely opened him up to a, a different audience. Yeah. I, I do I definitely agree with that. And she was already, like you said, she, she understood. The, the, the power of press and notoriety, whether it was negative or positive, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. She 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 has her reputation as as what it was or what it is, and she took full advantage of that. She took full advantage of all that press that she was getting negative and turned it into a show. Now the show is syndicated and got it's all over the damn world, and they're just yeah. watching these people live their life. That's all. They and they're taking it. They they're leaving E, but they're going somewhere, I believe. I think they're. I think it's network soon, so going yeah, going somewhere on going to another network. But yeah, so I mean, I think the dust up when it's all said and done, both of them are gonna land on their feet. I'm with yo. I'm with you, Rob. Though I hope this does trigger something where Kanye kind of snaps back into the old creative hip hop Kanye, like I, cause I when the dude is on, he on like he comes when yeah when he's on, you know. And I know he's sitting on. He gotta be sitting on. He gotta be sitting on something. I'm like, sure he is. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Like that's a dude whose work ethic also, like when he lock in, 
you know, he he right. locked in. But I see, yo, speaking of Kanye, I saw a bizarre video from him also. Did you see the video of Kanye and Chance the Rapper? No. Kanye and Chance the Rapper were in the studio and they was working on that Life of Pablo album. Cause Chance the Rapper wrote a lot of those songs and performed on quite a few of them. And Chance the Rapper must have been saying something to him about one of the songs. And Kanye just had like this huge outburst and was like, I'm the superstar. It's me, I'm the super. Like, yo, just start going off on Chance the Rapper. It's that shit. <laughs> that right there, that fucking Tourette's that he got. He yeah. just blurting out with stuff. And it's like, yo, bruh. But see, that he's a Gemini. Gemini Gemini's live in, they always live in two different worlds. They live in two different spaces. And they can never differentiate which one. I mean, I'm a Gemini, I know. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And it, it, from a Gemini's perspective, but see, but you're a Gemini that's under control. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm mentally ill. <laughs> because, because you have, there's a foundation base. Your wife, your children, your brothers. You, you do things communally to do things together. Mm-hmm. But when you're out in the world and you don't know if, you, you, if this person is being truthful, this person is lying, you get that going back and forth already with your dual behavior. Mm-hmm. But you try to try to differentiate all the other stuff. Yo, son, I've, I've dated Gemini women, and trust me, man, they once they get in their head, it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's really, it really is hard. Once they stick to their guns or they feel a certain way, it's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know, man. And come to find out, I didn't even know Tip was a professor at Clark Atlanta. He is? I didn't know that. He's a professor at Clark Atlanta. Yeah, they have it. 
they they mentioned that this has no connection to the show, so it nothing has nothing to do with the show. Of course, because nobody want to be associated with that. But I, I can I can see him and Tiny allegedly grab, allegedly grabbing some chicken <laughs> <laughs> and be like, "Yo, watch her come over to the palace, and huh? we we got it going on. Pull up." And you know him with him in the, in this southern slur. You know how he like to talk. He, he expeditiously come over to the crib expeditiously. Expeditiously, and I I have the drinks for you, baby. I can see all that happen. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm interested in foreign decating tonight. <laughs> Me and my baby girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, son. Drugs, coercion, trafficking. Those are heavy allegations, man. Sex abuse. I haven't heard anything about them retaining an attorney yet, though. Uh, have you heard anything about them retaining an attorney? No, I think they're they're pretty much in, in the pocket of someone is always trying to get some money. We're good. None of this happened. They're pretty much staying calm with it. They're not overreacting. So, I, I mean, yo, it's funny. It's someone trying to get some money. Niggas trying to Bill Cosby they ass right now. Yo, it's funny you say that though, because the public relations tactic of late is you know when, when people say stuff you don't respond and then usually it goes away but right. these, these are these are civil allegations like yo somebody literally suing you for this that potentially could lead to a criminal lawsuit at some point they gotta re they gotta retain an attorney i mean somebody right. got drunk didn't know where they were probably woke up with their panties they <laughs> <laughs> you know yo. with their clothes off like where am i see Tiny come out of the bathroom like, what the fuck? Where am I? Uh, yo, but they, they said they drug other people's names in it because now I'm hearing other people involved. Uh, allegedly, Candy was mentioned, Latoya Luckett. Um, Lots so, of Atlanta, man. Yeah. All the mansion parties, something else I hear, B. Real. Yeah, it's just, it's it's unfortunate though because, you know, I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speculate. I don't know how they're going to resolve I, I that. nothing is happening. I pray nothing is happening. And yeah. there's someone trying to extort. Cause that always happens to someone trying to get some money out of you. They find out they lied and then it goes away. So Well here's the here's all right, so here's the million dollar question. If it did happen and you were them, would you pay to make it go away? He put me on the spot, so I ain't got what yo listen. Listen, I, I probably would. Yo, it's funny. It's just so I don't have to deal with the backlash. But then it's like, yo, then then, then the question is going to be, what type of freaky shit are you into? You got paying motherfuckers off? Yo, but you know what? The reason why I asked you that because it's two. I've seen two different approaches to this. Actually, I've seen a couple. So you have Mark Jackson, the basketball player Mark Jackson, that was the head coach of Golden State. Do you ever hear about what happened with him? Well, as, as far as the, the the homosexuality thing. No, he had no. He had a, um, a woman, I guess. You know, he was married, and he got with some woman, and the woman began to attempt to extort him. So he ended up going to the NBA, and the NBA went to the FBI and all that or whatever, and they ended up arresting the woman because the woman was trying to extort him, telling him basically saying she was going to blackmail him. Brian Cashman did the same thing. Like Brian Cashman was involved with some lady. Brian Cashman, Yankee, Yankee man. Yankees, yeah. And the lady ended up telling him, like, yo, if you don't give me X amount of dollars, I'm telling your wife. All right, that's an extortion move. Right. Yeah, he ended up going to FBI, ended up getting her arrested. Mm -hmm. And then, 
So his it's, it's different schools of thoughts with this. One of the things though is that I remember um, we seeing an interview somewhere with Michael Jackson, and somebody put Michael Jackson on the spot, and it was like, if all of these accusations are false, why do you pay him? Right. And Michael Jackson's position around it was that, um, you know, I pay them because my attorneys tell me, and attorneys will tell you this. Attorneys will tell you it's going to cost you more in litigation than the actual settlement. That's why they always want to push for right. 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 But to the public eye, it's just what you said. It's an admission of guilt. Like you paid these people off because you did it. Then there's other people like Usher didn't pay homegirl off that was saying that she gave him herpes. I think Usher, Usher filed a countersuit against her for like defamation or something like that. Because from a litigation standpoint, now can you keep up with litigation? And that's 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 the strategy. That's the strategy. Like for people like that, when you you countersuit them. If you got the money, you could take them in deep water. They can't afford to pay those legal bills. The only time that they get people to stick around is like the Lisa Blooms of the world because Lisa Bloom is thinking about the big payday. Like if I do this pro bono, if the person do win, the windfall is going to be, it's going to be crazy. Right. But that's when you see a lot of these people, they change attorneys over and over. Like, you know, Lisa Bloom is no longer representing me. Now, Selena and Bonds representing <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> now it's one eight 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 injury. <laughs> yo, that's crazy. Yo, they go to they go to the court and the, the the judge be like, yo, wait a minute, don't you handle slip and falls and you in the entertainment <laughs> entertainment lawyer now? What are you now, doing? case? <laughs> yo, now it's, it's no longer uh, Lisa Bloom. Now it's um my cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> so yo. You know, I call it, but honestly, all jokes aside, though, I think that they do need to think about retaining some good, um, a good attorney. I'm sure they, I'm sure they, they are. They have, they have some legal counsel. Yeah. Either, 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 either not, either to go forward or, or not to go forward. So. When you have that kind of money, though, you actually, you have an attorney on retainer, like on speed dial, that, that, that could step you in. And making that type of money, so there's no way in the world you. I gotta now. I gotta go get a lawyer. You don't have one. You know what? The, you know what scares me though. Like the danger with paying people is like once you become a payer, and I think I seen somewhere yeah, you become you become a target, B. Yeah, and then people be like, "Yo, you know what? Just make the allegation. You know this person gonna pay to make it go away." Shanah giving up that bag for the Shanah. Yeah, and as you open it, oh, here's another lawsuit. Right, what you want? Fifty k. All right, you know. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta be mindful. Yes, sir. You really got to be mindful. Paying, oh man, yo, that that video that I sent y'all, I, I thought that was, yo, so for those who haven't seen the Styles P, another dude who's doing ama amazing things, Styles P had a post on Instagram and he was basically talking about how after all these years that Sony and his, his publishing at Sony is not correct and i think he said he makes less than thirty thousand dollars a year 25 and here's the thing he said that when people hear publishing and they hear styles peeing the locks the first place they go is diddy and he said it don't have nothing to do with diddy it got everything to do with um sony the one thing he said about diddy is he said that he found out that when they recorded um i always loved big papa that it was supposed to be a record for charity and nobody's supposed to get uh royalties or publishing from it but he said he found out that people were collecting publishing from it. So yeah. yeah, so what he was basically saying is he was saying that if he had to live off solely off his publishing, how would he be able to afford to pay his mortgage 
or whatever his regular expenses are. Now, this is a dude who he got, I think he got three or four juice bars. He got a pharmacy. Um, he has other endeavors and other things going on. He's still making music, but he what he's proposing is that there needs to be a union to help rappers, you know, right. um, cover this yeah. stuff. Because he's saying, and remember we spoke earlier about this, about things that are antiquated. He's saying that the same formula that people use to calculate royalties and publishing years ago is still in place and it's hindering the artists. Yo, it's, it's, it's highway robbery. It's highway robbery. How How is it that the writers, these are the MCs, people that ask the music that you're hearing along with the tune are not getting compensated for this the, the, these great works that we hear, this music that we hear. And who is the ones getting paid? Who's getting all that extra money? Is it the, the, the violinist? Who? I, I could, yo, I could tell you a lot of times. You some, know, some, even some producers don't even get paid. I think Pete Rock got a, a situation with Sony too. You know, Sony's not giving up no money. Sony is just like, I'm not paying you. Well, think of yo, think about, and that's a litigation. That's a litigation situation that these guys don't have long arms for. That's the reason why he wants you need a union because mm-hmm. you don't have no litigation to go up against some of these. Yeah. Each other. You know what I'm saying? Well, Father MC told us when he said that he did um I'll do for you. Didn't he say Cheryl Lynn wanted hundred percent of the publishing? And she got it. <laughs> and she got it. 100%. So, so when you start breaking it down, you look at the artist, probably the producer, probably who if the artist is um how do you call it sold portions of their publishing also in there. If you have somebody go, um, ghostwriting and assisting and they're listed as a writer, they need so yeah, because what happens is when, when people put their name on this, like, so for Father MC, Cheryl Lynn got all the publishing. Cheryl Lynn, but whoever was involved with actually producing that record and doing it. Yeah, so there's so many hands in that pot that by the time they, you know, and, and I want to go back because remember we spoke to Garfield Bright? Mm-hmm. And Dr. Garfield Bright, he was telling us that, one, that I think that they were the 100% writers of um, If I Ever Fall In Love. And he was like, those royalty checks are really good. And probably because they have 100%, 100% writer and only publishing. Yeah, man, you got you got so many people writing and no one, that's, that's so wild that these brothers are not getting paid. And he's like, I've done songs with Mariah, Mariah's paid. How come I'm not getting paid? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All, Cause, all- cause, yo, you may, you know why? Because you said it earlier about the, having the arms, the reach, to have the right litigation in place to help you with that stuff. Like whoever probably helped structure her deal probably yeah, made sure She's getting 100% of her shit. Yeah. And she's getting every, every, uh-huh, she puts out that she's getting paid for that. Yo, you know get caught with though? What he said that I was like, yo, that's the shit that I want. grand? But you, what, he, what he said though, that was like, this is what I've been waiting to hear. I always hear the artists that complain about these record deals and my position on it is like, yo, bro, you signed that deal. It is what it is. That's your deal. But you know, yeah. I started talking about a deal. But you know what he said that I respected and I was like, that's the shit I want to hear. He was like, yo, why am I being held accountable for a deal that I signed over 20 some years? He was like, I was 20 some years old and here I am still paying the consequences for that deal. So to me, that's an acknowledgement to be able to say like, your circumstances when you're 20, your education, how much knowledge you have as it relates to whatever the industry is, is substantially right. less 
20 years later after you've had all this experience and you know the business. Like, that's why I think a union comes into place. Because if you had a union, you have representation out the gate, they'd probably be like, you know what, I'm advising we against it. And don't, it. Yeah, and but now, don't think that people's attorneys are not advising them to not sign a deal. Because I'm sure plenty of attorneys are like, I wouldn't sign it, but, and you know, dudes is in the hood. And they're like, yo, you know yeah. what? I was listening to old Schemo, right? He said, you know, he him was and on, Beans? Was it him he, and Beans? Yeah, he was on the streets and all that. Before he signed with Jay, he was actually he was living in Yonkers. He was hanging out with Styles and Pete. And then he got a little got a little call to go fuck with, you know, go fuck with with, 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 with Jay. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, damn, he was saying something. He said the lawyer told him, he said the lawyer told him, don't take the first deal. He's like, how are you gonna tell me that? Hungry. How you tell me to leave two hundred and fifty thousand? I just got shot nine times. Yeah. You actually take my my family out the hood, and you want me to give that deal? And if I give up that deal, and Jay Z picks this other nigga and don't and don't pick me, and then what? That's and exactly. I, and I lost two hundred fifty thousand. You can't you can't do that. But like I said, it goes back to the deal. What what? He's, he's like, yo, how how can I how can I just leave two hundred fifty thousand on the table? I'm not doing that. Taking that first deal and look what it did for him. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave two hundred fifty thousand on the table either. But a deal, like I said, a deal comes, and the three of us here, and they say, "Yo, you get two fifty a piece. Y'all niggas better take it." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's, 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 yeah, no, nah, it's it's always a matter of what people's circumstances are, you know. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like attorneys are uh, telling these people like yo just take the money there are some attorneys that sit in bed of course with the label and telling them like yo sign because they work in both ends of the spectrum but right. then there are attorneys that's looking at it and be like yo this is not a good deal i wouldn't advise you. you're my client i can tell you i i wouldn't advise you to sign it and people still sign it and they right. sign it because of what their circumstances are then you know what, uh, what what else happens is that people outperform the contract or whatever but i don't know if you remember oc we had OC on and OC was talking about when he sold his publishing. And I remember saying something to him along the lines, like, yo, you you know, you ain't regret it or this, that. He was like, it was a six figure check. And OC didn't have no, he was like, nah, I don't have no regrets for it. Cause people aren't thinking about how their music lives on in perpetuity. They right. aren't thinking about the residuals. They're thinking about what it is that I can, you know. I think, I, I think purses, publishing ain't really paying nobody. And somebody is always gonna get paid off of their publishing. So, my mom's like, just cut ties from my publishing because they're making money with features. They're making money at shows. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you listen to any of these artists, when they go abroad and they got shows going abroad, they're cleaning up five, six shows, 200, 300,000. You know what I'm saying? They'll mm-hmm. be in Berlin for about three weeks and come home with just paper. Not, no. all, not talking about merch and none of all that other stuff that they're selling out while they out there too. Hasn't this, but well, two things. One, this pandemic has showed us that when the shows dry up, then that's when you need that, that, that public publishing. The labels have figured out a way to tap in on their merch coin because now they sign them to the 360 deals where not only am I getting a piece of your publishing, your album sales, but I'm also getting a piece of your merch too. So, what's up, Zane? How you doing? What's up, bro? What's going on, good brothers? Uh, apologize for being late. Uh, Yo, I already said you're the, you're, the, you're the diva of the crew. You got to make a grand entrance. Nah, man. Nah, I just, I just, it, it was, it was uh, a lot of traffic on the road, man. 
And um, yeah. so I apologize for that. Don't worry. But what we talking about? We talking about a hip hop union, possibly? We talking about Styles P. Do rappers need a union? I agree. And I think that that should have been like, uh, once once um, record sales started diminishing and stuff like that. Well, I, I always I always figure that even from the essence of hip hop, like shout out to Cool Herc and everybody else, Grandmaster Cash and Grandmaster Flash, everybody that was like the was actually like the the foundational roots of, of of hip hop. But I just think that I mean once like record sales started diminishing and piracy was at an all time high back in like the mid nineties and all that. Preferably, I think like '96 or whatever it was, when Napster had that thing going on and all these other different streaming services. I figured that to me, to be uh, to do something that's 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 noble, but you know it's not gonna happen as far as these record execs because they all about capitalism. Mm-hmm. I was about but, to say that nobility cuts into profit. Right. So 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 what I was thinking is that if they had any type of like. Uh, integrity they would have like restructured contracts even if it's well even if it was for like the main like their main artists and then the other ones that was that that weren't like a b or c celebrities that was on that particular label they would have to have like a criteria in order to get that but the a b and c celebrities that's bringing in all this generating all this millions upon billions of dollars they like the first three, yeah they should have been the first three tiers to be a part of some hip hop union. But now that, you know, as, as we know, like how all this stuff is going on now with the streaming services, and you gotta get like, you gotta mainly get like a hundred million streams just to see some paper, as far yeah. as like on YouTube for artists out there. You but know, um, you know what, um, it's funny you it's funny you say that, like the tier system or whatever, because what we essentially talking about is like social security for rappers. But but here's yo here's the thing or whatever like there are industries that realize that long after people are at the peak of their careers they require people to you know they require assistance to stay afloat so you think about um like the NBA the NBA union when the NBA players get paid they take a certain portion of their money for retirement the MLB NFL all of them take a certain portion of their money for retirement maybe hip hop needs to consider you know where some money away for retirement so that way people could be all right but yeah, you know who would be the main the main person to do it being that they're at the forefront of, of, of mostly everything that's it will consider like the jay-z like the staple of hip-hop jay-z and if it's not jay-z gotta be diddy it gotta be somebody that has a long history Patty, diddy doing it because it depends on it depends because i think diddy has gotten diddy is a great businessman and i think diddy has increased his wealth capitalizing on his business acumen over right. people whose business acumen wasn't necessarily as great as his right, and, right. and people yo people say oh he's sleazy he's slimy he this he that whatever it is yo when you enter into a business deal i'm certain that people are giving they're giving people these contracts this is what you're saying with oskino and jay-z giving people these contracts and saying this is the deal look over the deal take it to your attorney have your attorney advise you on it what's happening is people are signing the deals and then afterwards they have buyer's remorse because the deals yeah. are long term the deals are not good deals for them you know it it fits an immediate fix you know you get a couple of dollars in your pocket you get to say you want you get to relocate you get a nice house you get whatever it is but all of that stuff you think about it over the shelf life of these rappers careers you know the shows begin to decline the album sales decline um i think that this pandemic has really exposed the importance of how people need to have their publishing and their paperwork in order because you need to figure out how you generate revenue when you're not 
performing in front of you. performing, right. That's the part of it, man. There, there comes dry spells where you need, mm-hmm. to, you still need to eat. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You need to break yourself up in like five different parts. And if you only got one way coming in, once that dry up, nigga, you back at KFC. Yeah. What if you now? I'm sorry. Now the one thing that um I know somebody that's trying to do something who was a, a major influence in hip hop, not just in hip hop but in sports and marketing and all that. Is Steve Stout. Steve Stout has a company called Masters, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Right, and to what my understanding, I never really delved into it, but I understand that Steve Stout gives like publishing to the artists that are signed on to that to that particular label, correct? It's supposed to be to give people an opportunity to own their um to own to have to own their masters. It's supposed to it's supposed to be that, but that also comes with and, and you we were talking about this earlier, Zane. We were saying that one of the new one of the challenges with older artists we're talking about new artists and old artists, and we we're saying that new artists have kind of found a way where older artists have gotten stuck into doing these things that they've done previously and been successful with, so they refuse to change. So mm-hmm. I can see new artists taking that risk and saying like, oh, you know what, let me give this a shot and try out to, there are older artists that still are going around thinking that they need a major, they need a deal on a major record label. Where you have newer artists that are like, nah, my video on YouTube, I'm, I got, a uh, hundred million views. Subscribers. I had this that. Who you signed yes, to? SoundCloud and that person. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's 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 a shift that that needs to happen in order for the market to um to kind of get to that place where people have a good understanding, a good knowledge of it. And more than anything, you know what you need? You need proof of concept. Right? right. Right. Somebody else to do it and demonstrate like this is how it was done, and I was able to reap the benefits of it. Once that happens, then there'll be other people I think that'll fall in line and be inclined to do it. Yeah. You know, sure. they need a union. Get a union out there and you know, think think things will work better for the artists. I think the artists will work a little harder too, man, with, with yeah. making sure things is in, in place from a deal perspective. I like I like I like artists who don't mind doing going independent and still mm-hmm. work with the major. Somebody like Jada Kiss, like he doesn't mind treading off. Mm-hmm. Then, if, if, there, if there's a certain project he's working on, he knows that can work and the machine can get it and the machine can go behind it and do what they need, I'll give it to the machine. But then if there's a locks project where I know me, Sheik, and, and Pete can go hit the street and it'll just be street, and I know I'll get the same buzz, that's that right there is where where an artist would want to be. You know what? I, you know what that's I, about. I don't mind working with any one of them. You know what I'm saying? You know what that's about though. But I saw an interview and it was asking him about that, and he was saying that he'd rather go with a major all day. That's why he went Def Jam. But he was like Styles and Sheik prefer to go to independent route. I just want to go back to the um the union thing too. Like what a lot of people don't realize about a union. Unions only have strength when it's in numbers, and everybody buys into the concept of a union, right? So. I'll give you an example, not relative to um, to this, but to sports. When A Rod wanted to leave the Texas Rangers, remember before he and he was in the process of getting traded to the Yankees and all that or whatever. A Rod was trying to figure out how to reduce his contract so that he could move on because every team was telling him it's too much money to take on. The union was opposed to it. Anytime people in a union start talking about taking pay cuts, unions are opposed to it, and the reason why is because. It, de- it, it decreases the market. Values, yeah. Yeah. So that's the other part about when you have a union. When you start talking about a union, you start talking about uniformity also. Some people could get with it, 
some people feel like it caps it caps whatever i'm doing i want to be free to maneuver however i want to maneuver right right that's right you're right about that that's something i think that they should consider i'm glad you brought that up because just like how how you have the regular economy with inflation it's inflation in all facets of of of, of uh entertainment especially yep. with, with hip-hop because 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 if it wasn't these rappers wouldn't be getting such a low ball number on their on their on their streams you know what i'm saying that's why that's why people uh, where's preferably... the stream where's the stream numbers like oh wow well, like a penny it's it's crazy uh-huh. It's like a tenth of a pe- for every stream is like a tenth of a penny or something like that. I it's- remember the one person that's that's in the that's in the industry that actually put the chart out. Look on Kareem Biggs. Uh, uh, oh, you have it. But have- yeah, but the, the only artist that I knew that actually put it out on on, on social media was Kareem Biggs from 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 Rockefeller. He had a chart. He had a chart of every streaming service that's out. That's it. credible. Yeah, I got. I, I have it. When I find it, I, when I look through my pictures and stuff, I'll send it to you guys. But it's. You know, I think the highest streaming service, the highest streaming platform is um, title. title. Yeah, yeah, title. and that's why people go with title. But even with that, you gotta. There's people that stream millions of records and, and get his his two thousand dollars. You stream, right. you, you stream like two million, two billion times. Yeah. So Dane was saying like Napster, like I think a lot of people attribute Napster to the death of um, physical CD sales. Or Napster to me contributed to the decline in CD sales, but only thing Napster did was make the recording industry reconfigure what their business is. So the recording industry was like, fine, if everything is going digital, then we gonna figure out how we get the artists for their money on the digital end rather than the physical CD sales. And think about it, their industry, the recording industry actually saved money because no longer do you have to actually pay to manufacture a CD. CD, right. Yeah. like. Yeah, you don't have to pay. It's the same thing with like recording costs. Like Rob, I'm sure back in the days you remember people studios had reels, eight dats, and yes, yeah. sir. There was a whole lot of shit in the studios. Yeah, <laughs> just oh. to record, just to record a song. Dude. Yeah, and you had to walk. People had to literally walk around with that stuff on them. They had to store all that stuff. Had to be stored and everything. Now everything is literally in a file. That fast. Everything cloud. in file. Thank, thank God for cloud, right? So yeah. So what happens is. And again, back to what Funkmaster Flex was saying, what happens is that if you don't switch up, you're bound to get, you're bound yeah, you to you'll get swallowed up. You mm-hmm. have to change with the times. You have to. You have to stay glued to the streets. Find out, okay, what a young person, just pay attention. Pay attention. You get caught You get caught off into being, you know, this old fogey dude and you sticking to your, yo, you're going you to get swallowed up, man. We was talking about Zane, we were talking earlier about um, Master P and my, Master P's entrepreneurial spirit. And um, Master, I'm bringing Master P up now because I think about forward thinking deals. And I think Master P, to me, did one of the, the boldest forward thinking deals that I've ever seen. It didn't work, but it was it was forward thinking. When Master P had Ricky Williams and he was Rick, Ricky Williams sports agent. I think so, yeah. He was, he was, I don't know if they, he was Ricky Williams' sport agent, and he had Ricky Williams sign this contract that was incentive laden. And basically, it was like, probably may have been like the highest paying contract all time for a running back. But in order for him to get all the money, he had to meet all of these incentives. And the incentives would have had him surpassing shit like that Barry Sanders did. 
So he, he bet he bet on himself, and it was forward thinking, but it wasn't guaranteed money. <laughs> it was so his deal ended up coming out, and I think it's in the No Limit documentary. They talk about it. His deal ended up coming out to be substantially less than what it could have been because it was incentivated. But that's forward thinking and saying that you know what, here's a potential for me to monetize or further monetize with this guy's, um, you know, what this guy potentially could. Make my issue with a contract like that is in football injuries at an all time high. Like football, you could be playing one day and paralyzed the next. So I would never, I'd take as much guaranteed money as possible. And Ricky Williams smoked himself out the league, son. He's like, fuck, he did. I'm get high. I yeah, he did. High. He's a big player in the cannabis industry now. Yes, he is. He's a big player. Good to, to have him on the show. Yeah. But yo, like I said, like I'm, I think Styles P is definitely on to something with, um, with rappers having a union. Like, I, I want to see the full gambit, though. I want to see the union come on when a person signs, and I want to see what union representation looks like for a person that's in their latter years of their career. Like, I don't just want to see, you know, I'm jacked up now, get in there. <clears throat> a lot of these, these publishing companies still have the freedom to renegotiate with these artists who are putting work. Like Zane said, man, there should be a tier system, man. If you have an artist that's been on your label, He's been producing great work, putting out good music. His, his, his music is, is consistent with his listeners. They're always out there. They're buying the music. He, you know, he, he crosses certain genres. He's working with other artists. You should absolutely renegotiate your deal, a publishing deal with these artists, so they can get paid. Their children can get paid. You know what I mean? Styles P catalog is extensive. And he's only getting paid 25 grand? Lord, no. Yeah. But remember, the labels, you know, labels at any time can renegotiate. It's the it's the publishing, and these deals are also about leverage. So tell me, and I'm just thinking from, from you guys' perspective, if you held if you held Biggie's publishing, you were the chief chief holder of Biggie's publishing. And well, not, let's not use Biggie because that's heart strings attached to that, but you held the publishing to somebody who was selling, who sold millions of records, and they came to you and was like, yo, Rob, Zane, yo, let me get my publishing back. What's your motivation for giving them their publishing back when it generates millions of dollars a year for you? My, 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 honestly, but with me, I, I, I would deal with it from an integrity standpoint. I would give them their publishing. You would give it to them? I would give it to them. And make sure I get fifteen <laughs> percent. I would give, give I would give eighty five, eight percent, eight k, eighty five. Make sure you can eat. Remember, so, so so if it's a mil, if it's a million dollar catalog, a million a million dollar catalog, you would settle for taking one hundred and fifty grand of it. Yep. Okay. If I didn't do the work, I didn't do no work. Okay. They did all, all right. the work. <laughs> all right i'll give you my take on that what about you zane you would you would give it back to them uh i i would i agree with rob but i'll be more towards i would say uh i say at least the 80 20 80 80 20 split 80 20 split yeah the 80 20 sound sound pretty fair but yeah. see the only thing about it only thing about it is that these artists whether they are artists from back in the day or artists that are current right now and artists that's about to get signed they know the gauntlet everybody know about diddy like if they don't know about diddy and don't know about all these other art, uh uh record label execs that 
messed over these artists, then they deserve to get bad deals. Because at the end of the day, no, 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 because, because at the end of the day, just like how you brothers said before, before I tuned in, um, you can build up your own reputation and sell plenty of records. Now, the only thing is people need to adopt the same uh, marketability that T.I., Jeezy, Master P, Lil Flip had. Back then, they were selling like CDs out the trunk. All people gotta do, like current artists right now, and even artists from back in the day, whatever, get a QR code, and you 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 pass out the QR codes. The QR but codes. If you're under contract, you can't you can't perform under because the label technically own your name. So if you're under contract, no 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 no. no, no. Remember what I said several 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 sentences ago. I said, like when I when I, when I mentioned like to sell the stuff out their trunk, do it independently. You, oh, you, you have to queue up. Yeah, do it without a deal, and then you build your reputation up that way. And then if a, and then if an artist, I mean, if if a, if a uh, label want to sign you, you start your own record company, sign yourself, and then partnership. Not go like this and uh, just sign. You not and you not you not signed to yourself. You want to go like this. You made a good point because you was you what you said you was like well if they been if they signing and they know then they deserve to be jerked but what you're saying is that people are signing because of their circumstances they signing because right. they like yo i'm jacked up here's a fifty thousand dollar advance i know it's a bad deal they sign it they get the 50 grand they take off and they outperform the contract and then they become mad at the person who's making money off of it but they knew getting into it you know how yeah. you call it. so here's my position on it I wouldn't I wouldn't give a person back their publishing. I'd sell it back to them. Sell it back to them? I would sell it back to them. I'd sell a percentage to them. You know why I would sell a percentage? percentage. So a percentage. Be, yeah. I would sell a You'll percentage. You'll be P Diddy in the city. P Diddy in the city, right? Right. What percentage are you selling? It, yo, all percentage is available for sale, depending on what the money like. Yo, I'm just being real. It depends. Don't it. Don't, I feel you. Yo, what the money is like, you know why? Because how you call it? The, the 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 way to look at this is like yo if if the person catalog is worth a million dollars and I'm only making a million dollars a year I'm gonna give them eight hundred and fifty thousand of it and I'm gonna take one hundred and fifty thousand of it. I get you, but like, <laughs> for me it's it's their catalog. That's yeah. that's, I guess that, that's that's what it is for me because you know what it is. I, I'm it. making money. I'm making money scot free off of it anyway. No, no, hold on a second. You know what it is, Rob? Here's the thing that I think that that gets lost in it, right? It's their catalog. But how did you get the catalog? They signed that deal. They signed no, it away. No, you think in the terms of label? You think in terms of label? Because people, you could sign to a label and be on the label and owe the label X amount of dollars, whatever your splits are on album sales. Publishing is something different. When people sign, they set up their publishing, right? So they set up their publishing. They own their publishing. In order for them to get your, in order for you to get their publishing, there had to be something in the deal where guess what they did for you to get the publishing? That fucking deal where they sold, they sold at some point in time, they, they sold, sold to you. So that's like me buying a share. You buy a share yeah. in a company, Rob. You got to sell it back. I feel, I feel what you're saying. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, shares worth five million and they come to you and like, yo, I, I didn't realize it was going to be worth five million. <laughs> yo, you could say integrity or whatever. I'm not going to be like, well, I only bought it for five. 
Oh, here you go. I'm gonna give it to you now. I'm just gonna give it to you now. I'm just gonna give it back to you because you were the one who up the company. It's an investment. And you can't be mad at the person because they, they say, you know what? Uh, you want to sell it. You think about OC Tech, he sold his publishing for six for a six-figure check. Now, who's the same? All we talk about when it comes to these deals and this publishing stuff, all we talk about is the people who got these good publishing deals, right? That bought publishing from people that's successful. I'm sure somebody done been like, y'all, here's 50 grand, let me get your publishing. And then it'd be a situation where the person never perform up to it and you're like, yo, this is a dud. This person had one good song or whatever, or one mediocre song, and I'm not gonna, I probably won't make this beat up for nothing. Yeah, you're not eating up for nothing. Yeah. So as y'all, it's, it's, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's hit or miss. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, if a person came to me and was like, yo, you know what? I wanna, I wanna buy, I wanna buy my publishing back. I'm not gonna come out and be like, all right, yo, so you gotta, it's worth a million, you gotta give me a million, it's that. Cause I do think, like you said, like, yo, they pinned it or whatever it is. But the same way, and not, and not for nothing, the catalog that P has with all the music that he's putting out after leaving Diddy is still strengthening his catalog. So I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, yo, I'm gonna tell you, people are still going back to go get old shit, and these people are still getting checks, man. But yo, let me tell you, you know what I'm gonna tell you is what how you call it. See, I see this from a whole nother perspective. You know what probably drives him crazy when we talk about catalog. And we talking about Styles P catalog. We talking about the stuff that we think about Styles P albums. We thinking about the Locks albums. We not thinking about the shit that he probably wrote on Puff Daddy albums. The shit that's yeah. selling millions and millions and millions of copies. That's why he mentioned Mariah Carey. He's like, I'm on yeah. something Mariah Carey, J Lo, generating revenue, generating revenue out the roof. Oh yeah, you fucking right. Where's that check at? Can I get Can I get that that, that Mariah Carey check? Where's that check at, son? I didn't see that check come across my mailbox. I just, I just, you know what? Like, yo, fundamentally, I just got a problem with like when people into bad business deals, and then because they because they into the bad business deal, automatically throw it off on the other person. Like, yo, this person's a, a damn fault. Yeah, it's their fault that I saw. Like, I can't go to. I think we talked about this before. I was saying like, you can't go to the car dealership after you realize like, damn, I'm paying how much interest? What's the APR on this? I don't want this. I don't want it no more. <laughs> and be like, yo, buy this car back or whatever. You know, like. You stuck, baby. You stuck yeah. for the whole duration. So. Yeah, yeah, so that's my thing on it. Like, I would, I don't say it. I'm not saying that I would hold it forever. I would be open enough to be like, yo, all right, you want to you want to purchase your publishing back? Do you want to purchase a portion, a portion of it? You want to uh, purchase it in its entirety? And I would sell it. I would sell it back to a person, you know, but- to, you explain, The way you explained it makes sense. Yeah, but to just give it over to be like, yo, you know what? I purchased it from you. You sold it to me. I gave you sold it to me to begin with. I purchased it from you, but hey, I'm gonna give most of it back to you and it's generating a million dollars. Like, yo, my situation could be like, yo, I'm living on the strength of this. This is how I take care of my family, you know? And that's, then, that's pretty much what it is too. Yeah, and that's yo, but that's the artist perspective too. I can't take care of my family because I signed it. So then people automatically go to the person who was the better business person. You automatic, you the bad guy because you were the better business person. It made me sign this deal, and I'm not getting paid off. Yeah. So well, you know what? Maybe that's what they need instead of a union. They need to put something in place to make sure that usury. You know, like maybe there need to be a cap for people that you can't sign your publishing away. And I don't know, maybe it exists, and we don't know. You can't sign your publishing away until you have over three albums. Then that way people can actually see, all right, I'm 
I have sales or, you know, my publishing is going to be good. It's going to amount to something. But a lot of people out the gate signed it. I think they said Biggie signed his publishing away for like 40 some grand or 50 grand or something to puff. And I'm a fucking bottle of Hennessy, right? 50, oh, 50 grand. And right now I'm sure Biggie's publishing is probably worth what five million? Yes, I'm crazy. Imagine, yeah. Yeah, because you start talking about publishing, you talking about music that's used in when other people sample it, commercials, um, license for video games, movies. It's just so many different things that so many different avenues your publishing is, is attached to. So yeah. So yo, if y'all got any stocks that's that when y'all bought it, it was low. And now it's worth a ton of money. I'll buy both of y'all out for the original price that <laughs> you paid for it. If y'all want to do y'all, y'all want to. Yo, I got some shit that's climbing too, yo. Yo, if y'all want to exhibit integrity to me, <laughs> I'll give you five dollars for that shit. That's worth hundred. You taught me a lesson, brother. I ain't doing it. <laughs> that's all right. What do you say, Zane? Nah, it makes sense because at the end of the day, it's like, yo, like uh, these people have lawyers and it's up to the artist to ask the lawyer because the lawyer at the end of the day is just brokering the deal. So it's not really the lawyers, it's not really the lawyers uh, responsibility to break down like the Ten Commandments of having that deal. Now, if they're not knowing about publishing, which is the most important, if they're not knowing about, okay, you get a deal, but you might be signed to like seven albums. But hold on, Zane. X amount of money. Zane, make the distinction, separate them, because yo, you could sign a deal and still have your publishing. There are people who don't sign their publishing to down, sell their publishing to down the road. So it may not have right. anything to do with you formally signing when you sign your record deal. It may be something like, you may be like, yo, I could use a couple of dollars. I want to get a big check at one time. Yeah. I'm gonna cash out on my publishing, sell my publishing. See, but prime example, just like how you said, okay, uh, think about all the artists that 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 thought the way of, of what you just said right now. They're gonna cash out, try to get their money up front, and not their money up front in the middle on the back end. Majority or all of the artists that are real successful right now <laughs> broke it out excellent deals. So number three. Think about, like I said, I'm gonna go back to number one. Think about all the artists that um, signed these bad deals and want all the money up front. Like you said, like I said earlier, they ain't know about this pandemic hitting. They didn't know about a lot of the other different things that might happen. And it's actually in the contract, but sometimes two things can be in the contract for their favor. But if, but if the artists don't know that that particular clause, cause it's all about jargon. It's all about how the words are, you gotta read it so a lot of these artists are getting beat and they still have leverage in that contract but they don't know number one number two the lawyer not gonna tell you because the lawyer just really get unless that lawyer is like your best friend and buddy buddy and all that and you brought them a lot of business xyz that lawyer's responsibility not not to tell you what you're getting beat over because the lawyer gonna want their money again to revise the contract you know what i'm saying they're not gonna do it for free so what I'm saying is that um, a lot of these artists just just gotta look at the uh, just 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 look at the patterns. Like I said earlier, look at the patterns of all the regular label execs that we know, whether white, black, or indifferent, that structure these real bad deals. Then number two, you gotta look at a lot of the rappers 
that sign other rappers. A lot of rappers mess up by signing to other rappers because of the, all these all these other rappers. Zane, hold on they want to make sure they catch. Zane, what? hold on. Sorry, I just want to say because you make a good point. So these rappers they sign other rappers, right? So after they get beat by the initial record company, what do they do to the people they sign? They do the same thing. <laughs> They're like, hey, if I had to go through it, you going through it too. No, no, you know what it's not? It's not about, because it's not about what's considered a bad contract. When you hear them talk about the contracts, what do they say? They don't say bad, they say this is the standard, right? This, right. Is, this is the standard the standard deal. And I, I remember when Kanye West had his meltdown with Def Jam. I watched a YouTube video where a woman who's an entertainment attorney was going through his contract. Yo, that joint was so many pages and had so much legalese in it. I right. don't care who read, yo, who's reading it. It was like on album number three, if you exceed X amount of sales, you have the option of renegotiating album number eight, but album number four has to surpass album number two sales. And it was so convoluted that I could tell that the lawyer probably was like, all right, let's just get to the bottom line. This is how much they giving you. And <laughs> so he had his deal amended yeah. too. His deal was amended so many times because he was getting advanced from them. They was given, he had an amendment that said, we're giving you $4 million to produce your next album by such and such time. So those deals, you know, it is what it is. Like, if people sign those deals, they outperform them or they get upset because they, they, they thinking about, oh man, I signed and I got this amount, but whoever else who pin game or their business acumen was better, they capitalize more. And you can't get mad when you get beat on a deal. You can't. The Listen, union can help change that standardized contract. That's what the union here's, here's a shameless book plug. Woke don't mean broke. <laughs> <laughs> read read your contract, man. And, and it goes back to how we started the show. When you're talking about a deal, gotta what a deal means, how does it work for me? How does it work for you? How does it how does it benefit the both of us? If you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. Don't sign a deal. Exactly. That's not a deal. That's a swindle. That's a fucking bamboozle. That's not. It's a hoodwink. Don't do it. And make sure you have right representation around you before you sign anything. But it, your brother, your lawyer, your wife. I don't give a fuck. Is it, fair, is it fair to say that um, in terms of like these deals, what's beneficial changes as as time goes by? Like meaning what could be beneficial at, for you at one point may no longer be beneficial. Yeah, everything changes, man. You gotta look at it from the state of where you are at the time of the deal. You know, if, if you can if you if you need if you if you need capital because you want to buy your mother a house or buy yourself a house, look, you're looking for a large sum. If there if there are other incentives you're looking to get out of because you're an artist and you want to work with other artists or whatever the case may be, you have to come to the table with something with your plan. And say, look, can I get these things? Mm. You know, and, and and along with these things, can these things happen? And then you have to honor your end of the deal. You have to produce. Mm -hmm. you know so you have to come up with a sound mind. You can't just be happy-go-lucky. And it's hard because there are a lot of people who come from situations where they see that check. Someone say a hundred grand. Now I got I got I got five dollars in my pocket. You gonna give me a hundred grand when I walk out this office? 
They also got to remember that that 100 grand is not tax free. So it's really like 60 grand. They're going to take they 40% off. They ain't thinking about that because they ain't telling you that in, in, at, the, at the meeting. And it's cool. But yo, here's, I just, again, the reference back to Father MC. Father MC in 89 knew that that $1,000 was going to be recoupable. Here we are in 2021 and people still don't realize that whatever money the label give you, they, they you got to recoup it. Pay attention, man. That's all I can say, man. I tell you what, one of the, one of the, the most important songs that people need to listen to is labels by Cormega. Cormega broke it down perfectly about how these labels Jizza. No, 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 no. Jizza did a song called Labels too. But no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, Cormega made a song called Industry. The Industry. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's on his uh, Mega Philosophy album. Yeah. So, yo, so closing words before we wrap up. Closing words. Yeah, we want people to, you know, to, to, to come on the show, man, and talk about what you got going on in your world, in your life. Whether you're a fashion designer, artist, I don't know, maybe future podcast star, whatever you got going on, man. No this original. But like to have you posted and put you on the show and blast you, put you out there, have your peoples come on the show, sit down, let's chop it up, let's talk to you about that. So anybody's out there that's looking to come and, and sit with us and have a conversation, send your in, well, send, send, send your send your interest to know this original at gmail.com. <laughs> I'll say shout out to every to all the new followers, the followers from day one, the followers from last week. Uh, subscribers been been going up um, a lot lately, and we appreciate people taking out their time to listen to a podcast that's not talking about incriminating evidence and all this other stuff like a lot of these other podcasts do. That's um, right. I just had to put it <laughs> Yo, it's funny you say that, Zane, because I started the show by saying that, and I put it on back on the screen. That's our um our email address. You know, we are starting to pick up a little bit of steam. We getting more subscribers. We getting more views. And as we get more views and get more steam, we know people are watching. You know, like I said, we know people who who watch us live. We know friends and family that tell us they watch us and we know we have shadow watchers also people who lurk and watch um you know it's fine if people you know they like the video or they dislike it we always looking for feedback so comments are welcome if you like us you know you could you could like comment say well i really like this discussion if you dislike you'd be like nah i dislike the video i dislike the video because i didn't like the hat shanam was wearing i didn't like what rob said i didn't like what Wayne did or whatever it is but you yeah, know Feedback is helpful to help us, help us grow the podcast. But if you just dislike us because you feel that we're doing something that um, potentially could be successful, that that's more about you than that is actually about us. And it's, sorry, that's not what we could do about that. Yeah, beat it. Right? So on that note, everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Peace. Peace. Salute.